We're in uh, Revelation chapter 20. I was sweating earlier, but I knew Revelation 20 was coming, <laughs> so I really started sweating. But we will, uh, we, we built in an extra class or two. I'm going to take one of those extras today. I don't see Sean, but sorry, Sean. Um, to talk about, to me, you just can't talk about Revelation 20 without talking about what is known as the doctrine of premillennialism, the rapture, and all of that. So going to take, um, if not the whole class, going to take, take a good bit of it, talking about that, looking at the different scriptures. It certainly is a false doctrine, no question about it. The Bible's so clear. Um, and the sad part is there are millions and millions of people worldwide who, who believe in this thing called the rapture and the Christ thousand-year reign on the earth. And we're going to have multiple scriptures this morning that certainly contradicts all of that. In fact, the word rapture is not used in the Bible. Not there. But yet people have built a doctrine about it. We've even seen... Uh, more in the south, maybe, where we're from. But I've seen it a few times out here where you'll see a sticker on the car that says, if uh, in the case of rapture, this, this uh, car will be unoccupied. Probably seen those. Um, we're going to talk about that this morning, and, and we're going to do quite a bit of uh, searching in the scriptures to talk about that. But before we do, let's open the class with a, with a short word of prayer. This, um, even in the first century when Jesus was still on the earth, was there a problem with understanding what the kingdom was? What did even the Jews, what did even his own people think for the longest period of time about the kingdom? It's an earthly kingdom, they said. And at, will you at this time restore the kingdom uh, back to Israel. And, of course, Jesus knew he had a lot of work to do. Uh, he had a lot of work to do on this kingdom thing. And even after he was crucified, uh, what did he tell the apostles? You don't, I'm paraphrasing, you don't get it yet, but I want you to go into Jerusalem and what's going to happen. You wait there until you uh, receive Power from on high. And we see that in Acts chapter 2, real clearly. And you go back to even, and we're going to look at some of those here in a little bit, that, that the kingdom will come with what? Power. Um, we're going to look at Mark 9.1 and Ephesians. We're going to look at several of those. Uh, so the kingdom was going to come with power. Even in the Old Testament, uh, God talked about uh, the kingdom was coming, um, in Daniel 2, Joel 2, Isaiah 2, Micah 4, fulfilled in Acts 2. We've talked about that as well. And here's what, there's a, and there are many facets to this thing. You say, well, I believe in that, but I don't believe that part. Well, I, I know that. Uh, this uh, thousand-year reign, pre-millennialism, pre meaning what? Before. Millennial, 
a thousand, ism, a study of, a doctrine of. So um, it, it's a study, it's a belief system that Jesus uh, failed in his first uh, come to earth and that he established the church as an afterthought because he was rejected, his doctrine was rejected. So let, we'll do this church thing until I can come back again and establish my kingdom. Well, that's what it says. Of course, here's the question, or one of the questions. If the Jews, if the people rejected him the first time, what's to keep the people from rejecting him the second time? What's well, a rhetorical question? There, there would be nothing that, that this kingdom established on the earth, back in Israel, where they say, um, was postponed. Well, what's to keep it from being postponed again? So we're going to look and, and, and prove, I think, without a, a shadow, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the church and the kingdom are the same. That in 1 Thessalonians, when he says he's coming back, well, look at that. Jesus is never going to set foot on this earth again, physically set foot on this earth again. The Bible teaches that. It says we'll meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be. When he comes back on the cloud, remember, they said, um, um, the angel said, what are you looking at, apostles? And, of course, they say, well, we're looking at Jesus going to heaven on a cloud. And the angel said, well, he's going to come back the same way on a cloud. And then we get to Paul and his writings of Thessalonians and their misunderstanding of what's going to happen to, to the dead who went on and all of, all of that. Uh, we'll look at that. Then... This doctrine says that when we see these cars lined up all on the road, unoccupied because of this rapture, that the people that are raptured are, are um, the saved who are going back to heaven for seven years. Okay. Remember that, seven years. During that seven years, <clears throat> pardon me, there's going to be the ones that are left are going to be, there's going to be violence and things like you, torment like you've never seen before. When that's over, Jesus will come back to Jerusalem, set up his kingdom. Of course, that assumes he's not a king now, doesn't it? Set up his kingdom. Kingdom's got to have a place to rule kingdom on the earth for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, I mean, you had to stay up at night to come up with this stuff. At the end of the thousand years, then we will have what they call the second resurrection. Okay, now, the Bible clearly talks about the first resurrection and second re resurrection in the book of Ephesians, uh, book of Revelation. We're going to look at that. It means something. It means something, so we're going to look at what it means. Um, it implies, think about this as well, it implies, let me get that thing up there. 
it implies, I'm one slide behind, sorry. It implies that, that God didn't know what he was doing. Now, are you willing to go there? Not me. I'm not going there. That God didn't know that Christ would be rejected. That's what it says. Came to establish the kingdom, rejected. Going to do the church instead, come back, we'll do the kingdom later when people are in a better mood. Really. Who can believe it? Who can believe it? Someone turn to John 12, 37 through 38. Now, we could spend, I mean, there are books this thick written on this, so we've got about 35 minutes. And that's about how much I know about it, about 35 minutes worth. But this stuff gets deep, 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 deep. And back in the 40s and 50s, the Church of Christ was split big time over this doctrine of premillennialism. Major split. So it's not some, well, why are you talking about this, Mitch? Well, number one, it's in the Bible, what we're talking about, but uh, it's split before. We have to make sure we understand, we understand this concept. So John 12, verses 37 and 38. Doug, you've got a, a big voice there. Talk to me. John says that Jesus was rejected. They didn't believe him. And the majority did not believe him. The majority today do not believe him. John says, even in the book of Isaiah, want to go back to the, and there are others. I just, uh, we'll let John talk. Even Isaiah said, Lord, who's going to believe this when, when the Messiah comes? And the answer is, most won't. So God wasn't surprised. God wasn't taken, taken aback. God knew exactly what he was doing. Knew exactly what he was doing. Now, go to Ephesians 3. Wonderful book. Ephesians 3, 10 and 11. Ephesians 3. Um, and I can get you these notes if you like. Ephesians 3, 10 and 11. Someone read that, please, uh, kind of loudly, if you would. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. This church, that's an afterthought among many religious people. What does Ephesians 3 say about the church? What was that word there, Tom, that last verse? Eternal purpose. Eternal purpose. God, from the very beginning, had a plan that if and when people sin, we see that all the way back in Genesis 3, 2 or 3, 3, I think. When people sin, we have, Jesus, remember that with a servant, Jesus will crush his head, but he'll bruise his heel. Jesus was bruised, killed. But so God's always had a plan. You don't catch God by surprise. Um, <clears throat> so Jesus came to this earth. He was rejected. 
He'll come back later to establish his kingdom, and, and so on. Now, let's turn to Mark chapter 9 and verse 1. And someone's got a good voice. Mark 9, because I know this is being videoed, so I want to make sure people are watching, understand uh, what these scriptures are. Mark 9 and verse 1. Jesus said, there are some standing right here. Some are going to die, but there's going to be some of you, a lot of you, whatever, that, that are going to be alive when you see the kingdom come with power. We saw the kingdom come with power in Acts, Acts uh, 1 and Acts, or Acts 2. So one of two things has to be. Either we've got 2,000-year-old people walking on the earth and we know that's not so. Or the kingdom's come. The kingdom is the church. The church is the body of Christ, Ephesians uh, 3 and 4, Colossians 2. I mean, just read the book of Ephesians and Colossians, and how you come up with this is almost, it's almost too much. But it's exciting. I mean, studying this, it, I mean, ooh, rapture and cars being abandoned and all these things. That's exciting. The problem is not truth. Don. That, the, the parallel verse over in Matthew, which is Matthew 16, verse 28. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, the conclusion of that says, until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, which, you know, when, when they keep talking about the, the coming either before or after the tribulation, it doesn't matter. This says the coming will be while some of you guys are still alive. That's right. That's exactly right. Now, piggyback a little bit, turn to Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. It's either 8 or 9. 9, I'm almost sure. Do I have it on here? No, I don't. But anyway, Revelation 1, Revelation, not Revelations. Revelation 1 and verse 9. Revelation. Please read that. <coughs> Read, read that about the kingdom again, Dennis. That. I, John, your brother, and fellow teacher in the tribulation and kingdom of the spirit, which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos. Yep. Revelation 1 and verse 9. John says, I'm with you, brothers and sisters, in the kingdom with you. Now, there's some things coming our way that's not going to be good, but I'm with you in the kingdom. Mark 9 and verse 1 says, the kingdom, there'll be many of you, or be some of you, that'll see the kingdom come with power. We established that the kingdom did come with power, and that there'll, there'll be people alive, Jesus said, standing right there, who will see the kingdom. Now, we could sit down after that and go, done. We could. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about it. Um, uh, Don, you mentioned Matthew 16. It talks about the church uh, being the kingdom. 
the kingdom being the body of Christ. And uh, what does, uh, in, in Ephesians and Colossians, what does uh, uh, Paul say about, what, what does, uh, what's God going to do with, where are the saved? Let me start over. The, the, the saved, he says, are in the church. Church is his body. Body is his kingdom. It was God's eternal plan. It's for, it was prognosticated in the Old Testament, prophesied in the Old Testament, that this is gonna, people were going to reject him. People were going to have a misunderstanding of what the kingdom was then and today. They use a term that's not even written in the New Testament, not written in the Bible, this rapture thing, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Questions or comments before I go to the next slide? Someone, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Gary, go ahead. I, I miss you. I didn't mean to. Okay, that's why I missed you. It's okay. No, that, that, that's exactly right. No, no, you're not getting ahead there at all. Now, let's look at, and that's a good point. Let's look at Colossians 1 and verse 13. And since I'm there and uh, some, a lot of you have been kind enough to read, listen closely. Paul talking to the Colossians. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, which is what? Sin, the devil, the world. No one would argue with that. And conveyed or transferred us into, notice, into the kingdom of the son of his love. When we, <clears throat> as Brian mentioned this morning, we've all lived in the world and, and, and many of us have done bad, bad, bad things. We have. God's grace and mercy sent a system uh, where that we didn't deserve. If we believe it and we obey it, Romans 6 and other places, that we, he will take us out of the darkness of the world, Satan's domain, which we're talk, going to talk about Satan. Satan's going to get his medicine in Revelation 20 and transferred or conveyed us into, you gotta be out of something before you go into something, right? Outside the house, going inside the house. I'm outside this kingdom, this safety, this body, this church, and when we obey him, he, he conveys, he conveys us into his kingdom uh, where the saved are. Now, <clears throat> Not the brightest person you'll ever run into, I'm not. But you'd almost have to have help to misunderstand that. You've got to have help to misunderstand this. And, and the thing about it, this is not, well, I think, have I said I think yet? 
what I think means zero. This is what, this is where we go for our, our authority. And we have, people have made the church into everything on the earth today. From a recreation center to a place where we eat, don't, that's not what it is. Uh, Don. When you, when you look at this translates us <clears throat> Now, Brock is going to get a big kick out of this because she was a high school math teacher. I had high school math. Twice. <laughs> Things equal. Let's see. <laughs> I told you. This is the AB equals B. Yeah, B equals A. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. Did I do good? That's so true. So what Don is saying, things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. I read that. And I'll go with that because it actually is logical to me. One of the few things in math is logical. Uh, now, 1 Corinthians 15, 24, very important verse. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's a good point. For the record, Lisa said that we do have, the world has way too much help. And there are a lot of gullible people in the world, particularly religiously. You listen to what other people say, and sometimes it could sound pretty good. I'm not going to say it doesn't. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Because I'm not going to argue with this. I'm not. Your opinion is zero. Mine is worth zero. This is 100%. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 24. Very important. Uh, somebody read that. Uh, go ahead, Gary, real loudly. Then comes the end. When who hands it over? Jesus hands over the kingdom to God. Well, I didn't think it's established yet. <laughs> Incorrect. The kingdom is established today. It's not an afterthought. And the next time we see him, um, that's it. There are no second chances. Then comes the end when he, when he shall turn over the kingdom back to God with all rule, authority, and power. Now let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 18. We all know the Thessalonian situation. Some had quit their jobs. That the Lord is coming back and he's coming back soon. In fact, to the point where I quit. Now we've all had days in our careers where we felt like doing that. Dude, I quit. <laughs> but you know you can't do it. As Brian said, we got to go to work every day. But they had quit, many, uh, many of them. 
And Paul had to write a second letter to correct that. Okay, 1 Corinthians 4. Uh, what did I say verses 14 through 18? I want to try to get some kind of context. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we all do, <clears throat> even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. They were worried about their mom or their dad or their children or whatever that had died before them. What's going to happen to them? This Jesus is coming back any time. What's going to happen to them? Paul says this. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, now what does that imply when the Lord comes back? Some of us are going to be alive. Some of us are going to be alive. And remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who, who, are die, who, who have died. The, if we're alive on the earth, and some of us will be when the Lord comes back, we're not going to get to the head of the line well, you know those people died over there, and they were good people. What's going to happen to them? Don't worry about them. We're not going to get ahead of them. For the Lord himself, now notice, this is where I'm kind of headed. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. How big a deal is this going to be? Was, was, that, was that, did I hear a trumpet? I said, wonder what that was. Never mind. Got soccer practice. We're going to go on. No. A loud shout, a loud voice, and trumpet sounding. We're not going to have to wonder what is going on here. Dude, it's over. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Now notice, verse 17. Then we, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord, where? In the air. That's it. He'll come back on that cloud, Acts 1, just like he left. He's going to bring the dead saints with him. Those of us that are alive will be caught up together with him in the clouds. And notice what? So shall it ever be. Some misunderstood that. So he writes 2 Thessalonians to, to amplify that. And he says in verse 18, very important verse, therefore comfort one another with these words. These are comforting. We live in tough times. Now we're going to talk about, <clears throat> I've got a little timeline on here. may not get it today, but we'll get it Wednesday night for sure and finish it off probably next Sunday. A timeline of, how all this, they say it's going to play out, and then what, it, what the book of Revelation and other places say it's going to play out. Because when you think about it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, it says that, that God um, throws uh, Satan into the abyss. Well, and then toward the, a little bit later, he says, and he lets him back out again for a little while. Where does that fit in? We're going to talk about that. I think we're in that now. We'll talk about that. Questions, comments. I know we're like, like getting a drink, of a drink of water out of a garden hose for some. I get it. Yes, ma'am.
Thank you. Nicole is one of my heroes, I'm going to tell you. That's for the record, too. She has a brother who's one of the elders at a church in Memphis where Ryan Goodwin went. And um, she started coming here, learned enough of the truth to know she needed to be baptized, and we're all growing ever since then, aren't we, Nicole? And... That, that means a lot, and, and thank you for your good tender heart, because it does take a tender heart, doesn't it, to see the gospel? Because all, most of my family believes that kind of stuff. They do. Good people, wonderful people, loving people, and probably even honest people. I believe they honestly believe that. But you can honestly be wrong. And, as, and here again, we're not in opinions, we're in what the Bible says. So thank you for saying that. Thank you. Anyone else like, like uh, yes? Oh, Gary, sorry. Paul told the Thessalonians that if you do not have a love for the truth, God will send you a strong delusion that you'll believe a lie and be lost. I didn't write that. Paul wrote that through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we can believe something that's not true and still be lost. Paul told the Thessalonians that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. That's what it says. And, you know, sometimes people get mad at you, and I just say, there's no need to get mad at me. I didn't write it. But I understand one and two-syllable words. Now, don't try not to get over two-syllable for me if you can. But we understand one and two-syllable words. And that's just what the Bible says. I mean, you just can't get around it, honestly. Good point. Yes, sir. There's, no, I hear you, and thank you for that, for saying that, but there, there's a problem, major problem with that. When Jesus comes back, we, we, we've seen that in several places, what's going to happen to the earth? 
and all its works. It's going to be burned up. It's an imperfect world that's decaying rapidly. And, uh, that, and it says that all the earth and all its works will be burned up. Uh, go ahead, Don. I, what he's talking about is the evolution of the false doctrine that once the thousand years is over, okay. what happens? And you've got those that say, well, to save the 144,000, they'll be translated, <clears throat> but the rest of us will remain here. Okay. Remain here. Okay. No, no. Okay. Okay. No, no. That, that's good. Now, what have we determined? I appreciate the question. I honestly do. Um, what have we determined with all of these numbers through the through the Book of Revelation? Literal numbers. They're symbolic numbers. Now they've been. We've all agreed they're symbolic up till we get to chapter twenty, and then this doctrine comes in. Now it's literal can't do it. You can't do it um, and be honest with the scriptures. This thousand year, now we've, we've agreed early on that 10 is a perfect, complete number. Complete number. What is 10 times 10 times 10? A thousand. Complete, ooh, really complete. <laughs> and it's a complete period. And God knows its end of that complete, one so to speak, 1,000 year, which we're in now. The, this complete period. This complete period. And God's going to pull the plug on that at some point. He says, I'm getting a little bit ahead, but he says, I'm going to release Satan at the end of this for a little while. Now, remember in the book of Revelation, it says that that things that are shortly going to take place. We, and we've touched on that almost ad nauseum, but uh, shortly going to take place. But how long did this shortly take to play out? Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. So when God says, I'm going to release Satan back a little while, for a little while shortly, it could be hundreds of years. And I'll tell you why I believe we're in that now. Uh, when, when we get there, it's toward the end of Revelation 20. I'd rather not jump too far ahead. I don't know that I answered your question, but um, Rick, yes, Rick. I think we probably need to go look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. Allow me, I'll read it. Yes, please. Say that again, Rick. 2 Peter, 2 Peter 3, 3, starting at verse 10 through 13. 10 through 13. So let's, let's listen. Nevertheless, we, according to his 
promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Which is, that, that's wonderful, thank you. Which is the new Jerusalem, I think. Where we'll learn the new song and all of that. So 1 Peter 3, verses 10 through 13. There's nothing I can add to that or amplify to that. Peter said that. Well, 2 Peter 2 has got, go ahead, Doug. You got it? That's what I said, 2 Peter 3. <laughs> Thank you. No, 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 no. 2 Peter 3, verses 10 through 13. Can't get around it. Can't get around it. Now, I want to look at just a few little things here with my last three minutes. This thousand years, all these numbers have been symbolical up to Revelation 20, the thousand years is still symbolical. Seven, still symbolic. Ten, symbolic. It has been, is, the rest of the way. But it's a complete period. It's at ten times ten times ten. It is, it is really complete. God knows the end. Okay. The first resurrection, struggle with that a little bit. We're going to get into that on Wednesday. He's talking about they, not us. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the personal pronouns there as we get to that. Uh, the souls that were martyred, and there were millions, I said, hundreds of thousands for sure. History says that, possibly even a million, who knows, that were martyred. And they remember they said in Revelation 6, how long, Lord? How long, sir, before we, you, you're going to? And he says, you just wait a little while. So... The church was on the ropes. Do you believe that at that time? The church was on the ropes in danger of being knocked out. Rome had the church. Satan had Rome. So therefore, Satan had us, had the church. That, some say that's the first resurrection, that the church was resurrected when when, 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 when Christ came and put down the beast, Rome, when he put down um, all, all the power of that, the, the, the uh, emperor worship, did away with that. And now in Revelation 20, he's putting Satan out of business, or he's limiting Satan uh, and, and, and his works for a while. He's still going to be there. Sin's still going to be in the world. I'm not saying that. Um, but Satan's going to be bound because uh, he's already done away with, and the, remember in, in Revelation 16, the battle of Armageddon. How long did that battle last? We saw that last week. Not very long. Jesus won. Said he captured everybody, and that was the end of that. Um, <clears throat> lived and reigned. You know, this lived and reigned a thousand years, this symbolical thousand years. Well, lived and reigned, in quotes, the cause of Christ was vindicated. And we can see that in Hebrews 12 and verse 28. If somebody wants to turn there real quickly, we may have time to read Hebrews 12 and verse 28. While you're doing that, Satan was bound. I've got scriptures for that. Hopefully, you know, we see that. Satan can be resisted. Do you believe that? Or is, it, is we just have no hope? Satan can be resisted. In fact, resist the devil and he'll what? 
flee from you. Well, is he coming back? Oh, he knows your weakness. He'll be back. But you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Uh, not permanently. So we can, I think that's, that's when, when we, we talk about Satan being bound. And the, the emperor worship, in 2,000 years, we've never had that since. And I'll go on the record and say we'll never have it again. Now, do governments persecute? Yes. Not to that extent. Not to that extent. It'll no longer be forced on the world. Okay, now we'll look at the timeline on Wednesday. Then we'll actually get into Revelation. I figured it would take the whole class. I appreciate your, your questions, your heartfelt uh, things that you said. And... Um, Scripture, Scripture. If you argue, you just argue with the Scripture, not with me. Um, was that the first or second bell? That's a second bell. So I guess we're finished, and we'll pick it back up on Wednesday night. We'll actually get into some, some verse by verse. Thank you.